Welcome to Legalish on Dash Talk X. This is Demetria L. Graves, Certified Family Law Specialist in Pasadena and Beverly Hills. And today, I have my first guest from the Bay Area, Lauren Peebles. Yay! 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 Lauren is special because we both went to Cal, go Bears, and she is the go-to attorney for probate matters. What do you guys call it? Wills and estates. Estate planning and probate. There you go. See, that's what you do. So I knew you would know how to say it more eloquently right. than me. <laughs> so today, Lauren and I are talking about getting yourself together and what to avoid in the event that you are incapacitated or you pass away. Because let's all face it, we are all going to die. Right. Um, so I think it's more important that we all prepare for our demise. I hate to say it like that, but it's true. Rather than, you know, hoping it all works out. And we've seen a lot of that in the last couple of years where people just did not properly plan. So to tell you a little bit more about Lauren, like I said, she went to Cal Berkeley. Woo woo. <laughs> law degree from the University of Oregon. I didn't know that. School yeah. of Law. Okay. And, oh, wow, you had a clerkship. How was that? It was nice, actually, because the University of Oregon is in Eugene, Oregon, mm -hmm. and my clerkship was in Portland. So it was a nice way to get away from, if you've ever been to Eugene, it's very boring, very dull. I mean, it's nice. I don't want to <laughs> offend anybody that's from Eugene. Uh -huh. But Portland is probably the closest that they have to city life and, you know, some excitement. So it was nice for that. Uh, but the clerkship was cool, too, because I got a chance to sit in on a lot of settlement conferences and get the behind the scenes of how judges look at cases. So I had a good experience. Awesome. So Lauren is also very involved. She's being modest on the phone, but I know. She is a member of the California State Bar Trust in the state section. Yay. The California Association of Black Lawyers. Ooh. Black Women Lawyers of Northern California. Okay. And the East Bay Trust in the state lawyers. And she serves on too many organizations for me to list. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lauren, welcome. And I, I am so grateful that you are taking time out of your very busy day to sit with me today. Thank you. No problem. I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. Good. Is there anything else you want the people to know about you that I didn't say? Um, no. I mean, I think that that's a, that's a good overview. <laughs> um, I, 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 the only thing I would add is that I really do love what I do, and I mm -hmm. think that that's important for um, us as attorneys because some of the work that we do can be very heavy. And while it is heavy, sometimes I have days where it's a lot to deal with. I mean, I always tell people that Outside of close family, I'm probably the next person that my clients call when somebody has passed away. So I do deal a lot with death, and that can be overwhelming at times. But I really do enjoy what I do. I help. I like to help people plan um, and think about the things that we don't often want to think about. And it everything that I do, I've seen in my own personal life and with my own family. So it's it hits close to home and I can resonate and like connect with my clients in that way. So it's, I love what I do. And this is what I'm going to re retire doing. Awesome. And I, I know even for myself, it's really scary to kind of envision what life is going to be after you 
and have to plan for that. But I think it's a necessary thing to do, even if there's fear there. Um, You know, otherwise, as we're going to talk about, then everybody else is making decisions for you. So if you don't want that, I think it's very important to avoid these pitfalls and talk about it, especially with someone like yourself, to make sure you're doing it right, because that's a whole nother issue. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I just want to jump right in there. And there are some very important topics that's come up with some of the celebrities that we know. And I think a lot of times people think because people are celebrities and that sort of thing, that they all, all have their affairs in order. And we have learned that that is not the truth. Right. <laughs> so I want to start out with Nipsey Hussle. I want to start with him because his death was so tragic which comes right. to show us we never know when our time is up. Mm-hmm. And he was so young. So a lot of right. young people say, hey, I have time. I can do this later. I'm healthy. I'm well. But as we learned through Nipsey is that's not always the case. Right, right, right. No, you're absolutely correct. I do think that we take for granted life. Mm-hmm. You know, you wake up every day you assume that you're going to continue to wake up every day. And so we do take for granted that we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I get a lot of times where people are like, well, I don't have very much or, you know, why right. should I be thinking about this? I mean, I can, I'm still like building, I'm still growing and getting more money. And so I can do this later. Um, and, and that's a common thought because a lot of my clients are older, Right. but we all have things that, we need to be thinking about, I mean, if we were to pass away today, if anybody were to just, if you were to just die today, like Nipsey did, right? unfortunately he were, he was murdered. I mean, now we've got to think about if we ignore all of the assets that he has, the businesses that he has, the properties that he owned, he's, he had kids, right. he had kids with different, um, you know, different mothers. And right. so that's different people that are going to come up and want to, um, have guardianship over those children. So even that alone, if, if for no other reason to be motivated to think about these things and plan, it's your kids. Like, who's going to take care of your kids right. if you're not around anymore? And <clears throat> that's a legal proceeding that has to happen. You probably want to have some say-so over who's going to be involved. You know, that, that brings me right into our first topic with Nipsey. And I just want to tell everyone, we're going to have another segment next week with what is a trust, what is a will. Today, we are talking about more complex issues in terms of what happens when you don't, period, point blank. May it be a trust or a will. And Lauren is the perfect person for that. So back to what you were saying in terms of um, Nipsey had a trust fund, which is different than... Um, preparation documents to tell people what to do with your business, with your kids, with whatever. Is that correct? Yeah. You know, when a person says that they have a trust fund, I would ask more questions. Mm -hmm. Like, what exactly do you mean by you have a trust fund? Because Mm -hmm. the way that a trust is typically set up is a person will have a trust drafted. It almost looks like a contract um, where you say, what you want to happen with your money. Uh, But after you draft the trust, then you have to do what's called funding the trust, and that is to transfer the assets that you want to be covered by the trust. You need to actually transfer them to the trust. And so those accounts or whatever assets that you transfer to the trust, 
could arguably be considered a trust fund. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you put them in the trust. Right. Um, or you could, you know, go to the bank and say, hey, all the money that I have in the bank, I want to give it to my child or my children if I die, and I'm going to fill out a beneficiary designation form mm-hmm. so that they get that money when I die. Someone might consider that a trust fund. In mm-hmm. their mind, they're, they're calling it a trust fund because they're, they're saying, that it's, my child is not going to get it until I'm gone. Right. So I don't know exactly what Nipsey had in mind when he mm-hmm. when his estate says that they had a trust fund. Mm-hmm. The fact that we know that his brother filed a petition um, for probate in court suggests to me that he didn't have the type of trust that I first described, mm-hmm. where he like planned out where he what he wants to happen, right. and it 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 says to me that maybe he had various bank accounts that he intended to go to particular children or had their names on the accounts. Uh, but it's a little unclear to me exactly what they mean by trust fund. I don't mm-hmm. think that he had a trust. So because he didn't have a trust, we've seen a lot of the breakdown in business. People are trying to now take over. The marathon continues. We've seen the breakdown with his daughter. We've seen um, the breakdown with um, like I said, his business, his daughter, and whatever else he has going on. So mm-hmm. what happens in this case where you don't have a trust and you have a kid? Let's start there with Nipsey. What, how does the court decide where that kid is going to go? Well, someone's going to need to file a petition in court to ask the court to appoint them as the child's guardian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Demetri, you probably deal with this with living clients, right. uh, but somebody has to get legal authority to now take over the care of that child, and I think we've seen it in the news that there's been a number of competing petitions. Right. I, I think I read that Nipsey's sister was one of those persons who went forward to say that he, she wanted to take care of the children, or at least a child, mm-hmm. and then now um, the biological parent of the child is stepping forward to say, well, wait a minute, I'm the biological parent. I should be taking care of the child. Um, and so some those people, they have to kind of fight that out, duke that out, and the court is going to look at the best interest of the child and make a decision on where the child should go. But, I mean, imagine how much more powerful it would have been for Nipsey to have given his blessing on who he wanted. Maybe he wanted his sister to, you know, take care of his children or child if something had happened to him. But now we don't know what he wanted. We don't have anything in writing to tell us what he would have wanted. And this is going to be the fallout across the board for his business, his clothing store. I know he had a lot of things in the pipeline. So if it's not written down, all of this can potentially end up in court, right? Correct. And a lot of times people will say, um, well, he told me that blah, 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 or Mm -hmm. he always said that he wanted such and such. Mm -hmm. The court does not follow that. And people, I mean, there's no such thing as an oral will in California. So you can't just go off of what someone said. Um, it, it, you just you got to put it in writing. Um, someone else might say he said something different to them. And so how is the court going to resolve uh, that competing information other than to look at something that was documented of uh, this person considered these issues and made a decision and, and we have it here before us? I mean, they're not going to take 
someone else's word for what was said. Right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the costs that's going to be incurred by the parties trying to do this, trying to take over his business, trying to get custody of his daughter and what that looks like. And then we're going to move on to some other topics. So we will be right back. Legalish on Dash Talk X. This is Demetria Graves, and I have Lauren Peebles in the house with me today. Hi, Lauren, hey. again. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are talking about getting yourself in order and things to avoid should you be in- incapacitated or, you know, sadly if we if you pass away. But as we said in the first segment is we all pass away. Yeah. So it's better to just kind of address it and avoid some of these things. 
instead of letting them happen. And we right. were talking about Nipsey Hussle. And I wanted to know from you, Lauren, what are some of the costs that are associated with going to court versus if you just had a trust and it's kind of all laid out? Yeah. Um, so Nipsey's estate is going to go through what's called probate. That mm-hmm. is where someone goes to court to uh, get an order from a judge to appoint him or her in charge of Nipsey's estate. And in California, the law assigns a particular dollar amount based on the value of the estate. And when I say estate, I'm referring to all of the assets that the person who died, that they owned, that did not have a way to be transferred to somebody. Um, so, for example, like a, if, if he does have these trust funds, perhaps he has accounts set up somewhere with his children named as beneficiaries. Well, those accounts will fall outside of his estate because they had a tool that you could use to transfer those assets. So we're only Mm -hmm. talking about the assets that don't have a tool associated with transferring them. And then his daughter, of course, right? Because there was no interest. Okay. Exactly. And so you add up the value of his total assets, and um, there's a very particular equation that is, is in the probate code that talks about how attorneys get paid. Um, and so it's it's thousands of dollars. Uh-huh. And I don't know how much Nipsey's estate is worth, but, I mean, I can just tell you. Let's just assume that his estate was worth a million dollars. And we know it's worth more than that. Right. Then the statutory attorney's fees on an estate that is worth a million dollars is $23,000. Wow. That does not include... Um, the same amount for whoever the administrator is. So I know I'm talking in big legal terms, so let's break it down. Let's say that Nipsey's brother is appointed as the person to take over everything that happens after Nipsey's gone. Well, Nipsey's brother will get paid for doing that work. He's going to get paid $23,000, and whatever lawyer he hires is going to get paid $23,000. Again, this is on the assumption that Nipsey's estate is worth a million dollars. I believe it's worth more than that, so it's going to be worth, their fees are going to be worth more than $23,000. That does not include the costs of getting the case started. So Mm. to file a case, um, at least here in Northern California, to file a case is anywhere between $450 and $465. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you've got to pay all these other fees. And if you compare that to having a trust, if he had had a trust set up, Mm -hmm. he would have paid, um, you know, maybe it depends on the complexity of his affairs, Mm -hmm. but he'd be looking at somewhere, you know, between maybe $2,000 and $5,000 to get everything set up to where his estate would be completely protected. So if you compare $5,000 versus $46,000, it makes no sense why a person wouldn't plan ahead. Wow, that is a huge difference. Does that include attorney fees, the 46000 Or that's just the, the, the fees? 46, the 46000 includes the compensation for the administrator of the estate and the attorney for the estate. Okay. But it does not yeah. include some of the other expenses. Like it wouldn't include filing fees or um, having the assets appraised or paying any of the bills. So there's a number of different expenses that come up in a probate case, but that just gives you a general sense of how much it could cost for probate. And it, and it is, again, is based on an estate that's worth 
a million dollars. I think Nipsey had multiple properties. Right. He had the um, the store. I think he owned that property, and of course his business. And so we're talking about royalties from his music um, or whatever business ventures are going to be developed now following his passing. His estate is probably worth well over a million dollars. Right. So right. those fees are just going to increase as we find out about more assets. And that's in addition to the emotional stress his family is already going through. Exactly. Exactly. So the practical side of this um, is, sure, Nipsey has money and resources, and at some point those resources will be identified and somebody will go through the legal process of obtaining those resources. But in the meantime, just to get get those resources, somebody has to come out of pocket with the money to file the case. Somebody has to pay for his funeral expenses. I mean, I don't know if the Staples Center let them use the venue for free. You know, this, some, this costs money. I think they, they drove his body throughout the city, and he was, you know, they've got these rental cars, and they've got the um, limousines. So that costs money. So you've got to pay to bury your loved one. You've got to pay to have the memorial service. And then on top of that, come up with more money to get the case, get a case started. It is really quite a lot, and it can be very overwhelming. Ugh. Wow. <laughs> that alone makes me want to just go out and make sure my stuff is up to date, especially yes, as it pertains to my, my son because he's so young, and I don't want any questions about where he's going and what's going to happen with him. Mm-hmm. Um. Which brings me to another issue in, in the John Singleton case. In this yeah. case, from what I understand, and you will know more than I do, he actually did have some type of planning instrument, but it wasn't up to date. Correct. So from what they're saying in the media is that John Singleton had a will, but it was really old, and it only referenced his first child, and I believe that John Singleton had maybe four or five additional children after the first child. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that means that those other children were left out of the will. So does that mean that they don't get to inherit from him? Or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's this big question mark of, well, was that intentional? Did he intentionally leave them out? Or did he just forget to not update it? Um, So it's a good, I mean, I'll put a little pin in it for now, Mm -hmm. that just because you draft a will or a trust, whatever you decide is best for you, it's not a one-and-done document. You know, you've got right. to come back and look at it. Like right now, you have a son, he's younger, but as you continue to live, he's going to continue to age and your circumstances will change. And right now you might say, well, if something were to happen to me today, you know, I want my assets to be distributed to him over time, right. maybe a little bit at this age and a little bit more at this age. But, you know, if after 20 years he's a full-fledged adult and you're comfortable with him receiving whatever you have for him, you could change your plans to give everything to him outright. Those are basic changes that would happen. But obviously if a person has more children or gets married or a child passes away or, you know, things change, you got to update it. you got to come back and look at it. Right. Is there, do you have a system in your office that you follow up with clients to make sure they're up to date or invite them to come in and, and look at the instruments you've drafted? 
So we try to keep up with our clients and remind them um, that when a major life event happens, that they should take another look at their documents. But I'll be honest with you, they they don't take us up on our invitation. Right. Uh, it's hard enough to get folks to plan initially. So right. then to, you know, get them to plan like an ongoing plan is, is difficult. But I have certainly personally followed up with people. Many of my clients are, um, you know, friends of mine and friends and family, and I develop relationships with them. So if I learn that, you know, a client of mine, now they're divorced, and I know what we planned, and I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> you're divorced now, we might need to make some changes, and I'll reach out to them. Um, but it, it really the onus is on them to keep up with their own uh, documents and make th- make the changes. So we try to keep them informed and right. remind them of the importance of changing it, mm-hmm. but it's really on the client. So that's one key tip from Lauren is, one, you need to update your will and or trust. But what happens in this case, because John Singleton did not, so what can the additional kids do, if anything, to make sure that they have an interest in his um, estate? Yeah, so, you know, the the fun thing about the probate code and, and part of why I really love my practice is because the probate code, that's the series of statutes and laws that govern this area of law. It tries to anticipate the right thing to do, like the statutes try to make it to where there's protections for these um, real-life scenarios. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, as with anything with the law, it's not perfect and it doesn't, it's not one size fits all. So it doesn't always get the job done. But there are a series of statutes in the probate code that contemplates this exact scenario. Mm-hmm. And it essentially says that, you know, if you draft a will and today you only have one child and then 20 years from now you've got 10 more children trickled across the world that you did not make provisions for. Well, those children can come forward and they can raise a claim that they are, they should be entitled to inherit. And the share that they would receive would be as though you didn't have a plan at all. So it's kind of like, what's the point of having a document if right. we're going to distribute your affairs as if you didn't have a document? So it's, again, another reminder to make sure you update it. But it's called, those children are considered omitted children Mm -hmm. or omitted heirs. And the same thing applies to, um, you know, it can apply to a spouse under certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. So um, those children would need to come forward and say, okay, wait a minute. I am a child of my father. I'm an heir of John Singleton. I should receive a, a share of his estate. So, but then it goes back to what we said about Nipsey, right? Then you have all these fees. Someone has to open yeah. a case, and yeah. we're right back to where we started. That is correct. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't accomplish the person who passed away their objective to keep their affairs out of court because, yeah, you're right, it, it, we go back to court. So the the good news is that there are mechanisms in place to kind of clean up the mess that's left mm-hmm. when you don't have your affairs in order. But um, the bad news is that it it costs. I right. mean, we can fix it. It's like, you know, if you have a house, if something breaks in your house, yeah, we can fix it. There's something that we can do to address this. Your plumbing goes out. We can fix it, but it's going to cost you. Right. And that's 
same, you know, with court, unfortunately. It's like, yeah, we can we can fix it, but, um, yeah, it's going to cost. And, and kind of, Demetra, what you were mentioning during the break was, but we don't know how judges are going to rule, and yep. that is yep. so true. I mean, you're you're subjecting your life to a judge who's human and fallible and can go and make any type of decision depending on the day of the week. Um, that's just the type of power I wouldn't want to give to somebody else. That's just me. Wow. Okay, we're going to take a break. Ooh, this is so heavy. If people don't want to <laughs> run run out and get their stuff together, I, I don't know what to say after this because I'm sitting here sweating myself like, ooh, Lord, I need to right. get in there. <laughs> so we will take a break, and we will be right back. Back to Legalish on Dash Talk X. I am talking with Lauren Peebles, who is a estates attorney in the Bay Area. And we are talking about avoiding some pitfalls should you pass away or you're incapacitated, um, protecting your family and your assets and that sort of thing. And I want to talk about some of the bigger, well, some celebrities that we know that didn't have a trust and it was quite surprising to me but I think it goes back to what we said in the beginning that some people just don't think their time is coming so they don't really plan 
Um, and then it happens. And so right. you know, here we are. And I think one of the bigger ones was Prince. Prince didn't have yeah. a will or trust. So what does that mean for him and his family? <sighs> a lot of fees going to <laughs> probate court and attorneys and, and administrators. Um, and that's something that I've always been curious about is, mm. you know, I would imagine that someone like Prince would have been introduced to legal professionals who mm-hmm. may have, you know, mentioned this to, to him at some point. Um, but, I, you know, again, I don't know. So when so Prince's estate, the fact that he passed away without a will or without a trust means that he died intestate. Mm-hmm. Intestate is the legal terminology for when a person dies without a will. And so their their assets are distributed. Again, like I mentioned in the last segment, the probate code does try to make sense of these issues, and mm-hmm. it tries to create a plan for people who don't plan for themselves. But it's not and your plan, right? It's it not... is not your plan. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so it's, the probate code will tell you who your legal heirs are if you don't make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't know. I, I don't think Prince had children, right? No. Mm-mm. Okay. So he has no kids. And do we know if his parents were still alive? I, I don't it. believe so. I think he had a sister or something. So if he doesn't have any children and if his parents have predeceased him, then that means his legal heirs would be his siblings. Right. Uh, and so that's like the probate code's way of trying to create an estate plan for you when you don't do it for yourself. But, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what his relationship was like with his sisters right. and brothers. He right. may not have wanted them to have anything. Right. <laughs> He's like, I don't want those knuckleheads to have any of my stuff. Um, and and so now they get it because he didn't make that clear. Um, and so his estate will pass according to the, the laws of intestate succession. That's the section of the probate code that defines who his legal heirs are. Uh, and imagine how many folks are going to be trying to come forward and say they yep. were related and to And have him. claims, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shoot, I want to be Prince's cousin. I know. I'm like, we all, we're all kin. Right. We're all connected in some way. <laughs> Let me do a, a DNA test. Right. That I might be connected. You know what? That is so funny that we, and same with, to me, with Nipsey and John and everyone. And Lauren, this might be a good uh, niche for you in terms of celebrities and making sure they have these tools right. and these instruments in place for their family. Because it well, is. Well, you're in LA. You got to put me in touch with. <laughs> <laughs> put you on, huh? Right. Create a program of some sort that, you know gets them at least to think about it. So we can talk about that offline. I got some ideas for you. And another big one that didn't have a trust was Aretha Franklin. That was surprising to me. Yeah, you know, I've heard a lot of different... It's funny because whenever a celebrity passes away, mm-hmm. um, my friends are, like, the first to text me, like, did you see this? Did you see this? I, I get all the TMZ. I started doing that, like, oh, Lauren, you get this? You right. Get this? <laughs> <laughs> right. So Aretha, you know, I've I've read a bunch of, like, conflicting reports about her. So mm-hmm. it, some things say that she was concerned about debt or that she owed a lot of, like, back taxes. And again, I'm not saying any of this is true. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, things that I've heard and things that I've read. But that she was, like, concerned about debt and creditors. So she, for whatever reason, 
didn't have a trust. And I believe that the attorney who is involved in um, handling her estate now mentioned that she had spoken with Aretha on multiple occasions and tried to encourage her to do a trust. And for whatever reason, you know, Aretha's, her fears or her lack of understanding about how it works prevented her from doing it. Mm -hmm. But now in recent news, they're saying that they found some wheels, a bunch of different wheels. Like she's she's got a bunch of different wheels, I guess, all over the place. They found one um, under her, under a, couch cushion which first of all wow why was it there right (laughs) if you're gonna take the time to you know get your affairs in order don't put it under the couch cushion okay i don't think she was sure about that one she was like i gotta think about this one a little bit longer i don't know (laughs) so so now the the what we're gonna have to see is which will is going to be the one that is accepted by the court. So right. that, again, goes back to the judges having this discretion to have to, you know, review everything. They're going to take in evidence about which one is, is valid, and then they could potentially probate her estate based on that. But, again, to your point, she's still, given the, the size of her estate, she right. should have had a trust. In California, if you own um, more than $150,000 in assets, Generally, you can say that your estate will be subject to probate. So let's let's flush that out. If you have a house, most people have, you know, if you have a house, mm-hmm. it's likely that it's worth more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have some money in the bank or you may have some life insurance without a beneficiary named. If right. you don't have beneficiaries named on your retirements and all that 150000 while it may sound like a lot, it doesn't take very long to reach that number. Right. So you've got to have a way to have a plan in place to address all of those um, those various assets and coordinate them under one simple to read, easily understood document that tells your loved ones what you want to happen. So with Aretha, I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know what these will say. Um, I don't know if, if they're going to be able to prove, did she actually write them? I don't know if they're handwritten wills. That's called a holographic will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's because they're saying that there's, like, multiple wills mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just don't know how that's going to shake out. Wow. Has anything happened in your practice that you were like, wow, I want people to know about this so they know, avoid this? Yes. Um, you know, it really just comes down to how, the, the, if you're not going to plan, then the then you need to learn what the probate code says about who your heirs will be, mm-hmm. and you have to understand and be willing to accept the risk that you're subjecting your life to, because right. there is a plan out there for you. You just don't have, you just don't know what it is. So right. if you're going to roll the dice, then at least know how those laws shake out. So I had one um, one case stands out to me where um, my my client was actually trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. She she wanted to create a trust, um, and when she when we met, she explained to me that she had previously transferred her ownership of her home to her daughter, mm-hmm. and now she was you know she was very ill, so she wasn't really very mobile. Um, But the problem was her daughter was died or was murdered. I mean, there Mm -hmm. was, there was some question about that. So her daughter died owning 
her home, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, And so because her daughter, again, younger, no one's expecting her to die. We're thinking that we're all going to die in a certain order. We're all going to die of old age, and we should know by now that that doesn't happen for everyone. Well, because her daughter died owning the home, her daughter's estate was the one that needed to be probated because her daughter didn't have a will and didn't have a trust. Um, And so what ended up happening uh, when the client, the client has now passed away. So when the client passed away, um, they first had to probate the daughter's estate, mm-hmm. and that, and because the daughter didn't have any children, her heirs were her parents. Mm-hmm. So that means her mom, my my former client, and her dad. Well, the mom and dad have been divorced. So again, oh, we're talking about God. a single a single piece of property that is now, was originally owned by a, a woman. Mm-hmm. Now oh. half of that house is going to be distributed to her ex-husband. Oh, Does that make wow. sense? you follow how that works? Yes. Now, at the time when all of these deaths occurred and when the estate was distributed, well, the ex-husband now, had all, he had passed away as well. Mm-hmm. So guess who his heir was? Don't his tell me the wife. His, Don't tell me the his wife. New, his new wife. Oh. His new wife. <laughs> So this woman's home that she probably worked very hard for and put all her money into paying it off Mm -hmm. was now half of it went to her ex-husband's new girlfriend. Oh, my God. Uh. I just cannot. I would be rolling over in my grave. I mean, you three, four times over three, four, but just be turning like what's that movement over there? Oh, that's just going rolling over in her grave. (laughs) because <laughs> I just what? could not live with that. So what could she have done to address that? Yeah. Uh, if she was going to put her property in her daughter's name, then when they made that transfer, mm-hmm. they should have also prepared a trust or a will for the daughter. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you you can't assume that you know when you're going to go. Right. You just don't know. I think so that's, that's the running theme the of the show. You don't know. You have to plan because you don't know. And if you don't plan, then everything we're talking about today is a possibility. And if, you know, it's not just the average person, it's celebrities, it's, you know, people with a lot of money that also aren't planning. So it's all of us that we need to really take a look at our lives. And as things change, come see Lauren so she can help us out. Because that is really scary to know that my house is going to my ex-husband's wife. And that would take me out. Right. And now here's a, now I'll ask this question back to you because I think that people have a less difficult time getting life insurance, but why? Life insurance is really the same thing. Right. Life insurance is where you're saying, okay, when I die, I want to make sure that, you know, my loved ones get this check or right. get this whatever. How That's not very much different than what we're talking about now. Why is it that life insurance is so much more comfortable for people to talk about. Because they don't really have to talk about death. They don't have to say, okay, if I die, you know, my son is going to go live with this person. If that person doesn't want him, he's going over here. They don't have to make those types of decisions with life insurance. It's more how much do you want, who's your beneficiary. I think that's way easier to talk about than really, you know, you're going to have to close my business down. This is what it looks like. Or if my son becomes a lawyer, you know, whatever it's going to be. And I think people just want to avoid it, put their head in the sand. And I'm guilty of that, too. Like I said, I I really 
need to do some thinking and updating myself. And I'm so happy you are encouraging people to really think about it and think about what can happen if we don't. So we're going to take our last break of the segment. And then I want you to talk to the people about Bobby, Christina, and Whitney Houston, which is a lot like what you just talked about. So we need to make sure people understand what that looks like, what to do, what not to do. So they are equipped of getting their stuff together. So we will be right back.
welcome back to Legalish on Dash Talk X. I am talking to Lauren Peoples today, and we're talking about getting your your affairs in order, basically, and preparing. Should you unfortunately die. right People don't die? Want to say it, yeah, if, we gonna, we all gonna die. So right. be, before you die, how to plan this out, right? So it's done appropriately with the least cost to your family, the least stress to your family. And I think that's really, really, really important. So, Lauren, before we do go and we finish this last segment, how can people find you? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, so uh, you can visit me on my website, which is www.thepeebleslawyer.com. That's T-H-E-P as in Paul, E-E, B as in boy, L-E-S as in Sam, lawyer, L-A-W-Y-E-R.com. You can message me through that website. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, whenever stuff happens like this in the news, I'm usually talking about it. So uh, send me a friend request or like the business page, um, and that's how you can reach me. Awesome. So I want to talk about the tragic scenario of Whitney Houston and her daughter, Bobby Christina. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that and kind of how that relationship played out? Because they, they both passed away. So kind of what happens there when she was most likely probably her heir, right? So yeah. what happens? So um, so as we all know, Whitney Houston passed away tragically in 2012. Um, and Whitney, unlike some of the other celebrities that we discussed today, she did have a will. Um, her will, like most people, unfortunately, was a bit outdated, uh, but that wasn't really what presented the problem. So she drafted a will in 1993, and I think that was the year that Bobby Christina was born. So obviously she was probably you know, motivated to document what she wanted to happen with her things um, once she had her first child, first and only child. So in 93, she drafted her will, and it gives everything, gave everything to, I'm not sure if it gave everything. I, I think I read her will a couple years back, and mm-hmm. she made some provisions for her siblings. But in any event, she mm-hmm. gives the largest portion of her estate to her daughter, mm-hmm. um, and she staggered it. So she said, you know, when Bobby Christina is this age, she gets this amount. When she's this age, she gets this amount. Um, But I'm sure what she probably did not anticipate was uh, that Bobby Christina would suffer very similar death shortly after Whitney died. So Bobby Christina died, uh, and this is where I had my facts wrong, because I thought Bobby Christina died like the year after Whitney Houston died, but it was three years. It was three years after. So Bobby Christina died um, in 2015, uh, and so that means that Bobby Christina was able to receive the gift that Whitney made to her according to the terms of the will. So we, given the size of Whitney's estate, even if Whitney said, oh, I only want Bobby Christina to get 10% of the estate when she's 18, that still was a sizable amount. So part of the concern is, um, and, you know, this takes requires us to take a look at Bobby Christina's life, but was she responsible enough to handle those resources or those gifts being made to her at such a young age. So the first issue is, you know, should Whitney Houston have set up her affairs in a different type of way 
to put some more protections in place for Bobby Christina to be able to handle that type of money mm. that early. Um, because if you have a child that's irresponsible or is partying and, you know, out doing drugs and hooked up with the wrong crowd, that's the last person that you want to give, you know, hundreds of thousands, if, if not millions of dollars to. Uh, and then on top of that, I don't believe that Bobby Christina had her own plan in place. So at the moment that Whitney Houston passed away, somebody should have been working with Bobby Christina to create a plan for herself mm-hmm. to make sure that her heirs were, you know, named or whoever was important to her was named because now when Bobby Christina died, since she didn't have any children, then her heir would have been her living parent, which was Bobby oh, Brown. Lord. Oh, so, <laughs> Ooh, Whitney, you know, Whitney's not stray, happy. Whitney's not happy. It's right. It's, again, going back to, like, the last segment. So, mm-hmm. you know, it um, – Part of Whitney's estate, I think, arguably goes would go to Bobby Brown through the life of Bobby Christina. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm sure that the folks in Whitney's camp were probably doing all that they could to fight that. I don't know where they came out on that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that would go to, to, um, to Bobby. And so there's... Certain things, certain provisions that you can put in your will or in your trust is mm-hmm. kind of called the survivorship provision where mm-hmm. you could say, you know, my loved one has to survive me by this amount of time. Mm-hmm. And if they do not, then my gift will go to whomever. Um, Why now, don't people automatically do that? That seems kind of scary. I think they do a lot. I mean, we certainly counsel our clients to put those provisions in, but mm-hmm. we I don't know that I would have put, counseled anyone to put a provision in for three years. So mm-hmm. even if Whitney would have contemplated that and added that type of provision, it's unlikely that she would have made it for three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if a person survives you for three years, you're thinking – yeah, they they okay. They they're live. good. They're good. They're yeah. good, right? Mm-hmm. So you probably say, you know, maybe thirty days, sixty days. You've got to live, you know, because the idea is what you're really thinking about is like, let's say if we're riding together, or we're traveling together, and we both die together, mm-hmm. or we are in a car accident, and it's unclear to us who died first. Mm-hmm. Then that provision would kick in to where it's like, well, if you can't tell who died first, or maybe she died minutes after me following this car collision, or she was transported to the hospital and then she died a few days later, well, that wouldn't feel right to then pass my estate to her for five days and then to Bobby Brown. I mean, right. that's silly. Right. Um, so in that instance, that's where you can really see the survivorship statute play out. Mm-hmm. But what's less likely is that you put a provision like that in and, and make it as long as three years. Mm-hmm. So I think regardless, it still would have happened the same way because even if she would have put a survivorship provision in, I think Bobby Christina would have survived long enough to receive the gift. Uh, but she still should have had uh, it in a trust because of the value of of Whitney's estate. Mm-hmm. And she could have put any type, any number of provisions that, you know, I give it to Bobby Christina. And, and then if it doesn't go to Bobby Christina, then it goes to, you know, whomever. But yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Friend. Like if it, you know, even if Bobby Christina lived 15 years after and then passed away, 
I would think mm-hmm. there would be something that comes after her that says, okay, if this happens to Bobby Christina, then the rest goes to X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, it's not hard to put an extra sentence in that says that. Right. So what are some last tips you want to share with the, everyone? Besides what you mean, you really shared some really big nuggets today, but what do you really want people to know and walk away with today in terms of getting their their stuff together? I think I would just say, you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier was that people bury their heads in the sand. That is not going to help your life <laughs> because th- life is still going on. You cannot hide from the fact that, uh, you know, one day we're all going to go and uh, I guess I would encourage people to not be discouraged by thinking about this. And beyond thinking about it and beyond talking about it, you've actually got to put something in place. So you're going you're gonna to have to put your big, big girl and big boy pants on and get it done. And I can assure you that the peace of mind you will experience once it's all said and done will really carry you through and make it all worth it. Because once you have your binder and you're looking at your estate plan, and you know that, you know what, if something happens to me, my people are good. Right. For me, my business is set up to where if something happens to me, my clients are well taken care of. Um, you know, I've named charities that are important to me. So it's not that I think I'm going to, to pass away right away, and I'm hoping that I live a long and full life. But if something were to happen to me, I'm, I'm okay. Right. I'm, I'm good, and I, and I don't think I have anything to worry about, and that is very comfortable right. to me and so it can it, it can be the same for everyone I would encourage everyone to who's listening to this recording um, to challenge themselves that by the end of the year by the end of 2019 we're not going to go into another year without having our affairs in order that we are going to get it done this year so it's June we got another six, six months, months and yep. more than enough time to, to get it done and then um, and then post, you know, post it on social media that you've got your stuff together and that if anything happens to you, your people are taken care of and encourage, let's like make it trend and go viral that this is what it means to be responsible. Adult. I think I'm going to join you in that. I think I'm going to say Lauren and I are starting a let's get our life together challenge. And the first thing yeah. is we are encouraging everyone to get an estate plan by the end of the year. I will join you in that and I will make sure that I have it together and share it when I'm updated. I'm going to join you in that. Okay, cool. So we're, we're going to look for your post um, and everyone else can join in as well. That is so awesome. Lauren, thank you again for dedicating an hour or and more talking to me today. I really appreciate you and to everyone else. Until next time, this is Demetria Graves on Legalish on Dash Talk X. (laughs) 